I'm Andy Irwin, and this is The Storytellers. My guest today uh, is the definition of the word rock star. And when we were introduced earlier this year, we became fast friends. And the thing I love about him is every square inch tells this intricately told story. And so he is a storyteller at heart, uh, has an amazing redemption story himself. You know him uh, from the, uh, the, the heavy metal band that sold over 60 million albums. Uh, would you welcome from the band Korn, Brian Head Welch. I feel like, you know, I've, I've known you what, less than a year. Yeah. Every time I'm with you, I feel like I've known you yeah. for a long time, you know, totally. and it's just, it's just easy. I love that about so you. So good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It was, it was, uh, our mutual friend, Jeff Mosley, we were at this, um, Dave Ramsey has the, the financial guy has, has this, uh, the, the best place to go meet a, a rock star. Uh, he <laughs> has this thing called like, I think, I think it's called like night of extraordinary gentlemen or something, some yeah. weird thing. And he invited uh, me to it, and I was like, not knowing who was going to be there. And I walk in, and it's the most eclectic blend blend of people that I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know. Like these people don't feel feel like they fit in a room. Like, was right? That, was that your first time at that thing? It was, and I almost. The funny thing is, like anybody that smokes cigars, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I can't hang out with them at nighttime when they smoke because. My hair, like, just, it's like a sponge for <laughs> just smoke. Just absorbs it. It absorbs the, <laughs> and so I smell, I don't like to smell cigars, so they just, it smells my hair up like cigars for, until uh -huh. I wash it again, uh -huh. which is every two years. Right. Just joking. <laughs> I wash my hair like a normal person, but, so I almost didn't go. Uh-huh. And then they said free food, and I was like, "I'm there." <laughs> so I'm glad I did though, because I met some cool people. Well, you, one of them, and uh, yeah, it was very, very cool. Then I'd go back. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, so our mutual friend Jeff Mosley is a record label guy. Uh, you know, introduced us, and it's like he comes over to me. He's like, hey, "Do you know? Do you know Head?" And I was like, "Well, I know who he is, but I don't know him." He's like, "You guys need to meet because you guys would be best friends." And I'm like, <laughs> all right, deal. And he's like, you, and he, I think he came up with some excuse about, like, you got to go pitch a movie of doing a movie of his life. I was like, well, was, life yeah. is great, but I'm really more interested in knowing who he is. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do a movie. <laughs> so it was perfect. Like, I want another from you. You want another from me. How did you land in Nashville? Like, what, what made you pick Nashville as a destination? Well, it was, uh, it was a thing where I went through... So I met the Lord in 2005. Right. Got all these dreams and visions of what I thought I wanted to do. I guess they were vain imaginations, I thought. But, uh, well, I found out. But um, I wanted I wanted to do, like, music about my faith as a solo artist, but mm -hmm. also, like, bring people to the Lord and evangelize. So I wanted yeah. music and I wanted to do it all. And, and it just didn't work out the way I thought. And yeah. Started a record label in, in Phoenix in, in 2007, hmm. 2008. It was, yeah. it was gone. Hmm. You know, the financial crisis. Yep. It was mainly real estate, but a lot of, a lot of issues. And so I got, um, I got in over my head. I had like six lawsuits against me. Oh, wow. And, um, I had partners that kind of disappeared. Yep. So everyone's like, sue the rock star. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was in over my head, and I got a new manager that decided that he would help me huh. untangle. And he lived in Nashville. So I moved here, 
and um, I went through uh, bankruptcy, Chapter mm-hmm. Eleven, downtown Nashville. Wow, got um, humbled. Huh. I, you know, look, I felt like a failure, but I was given a new beginning because the bankruptcy code is for people that you know it's they invented it for good people that right. get, that had bad luck, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so. That's what happened to me. I felt like I was a good person. I just got in over my head, made some stupid mis- decisions. So Nashville was a was a place for rebuilding. Huh. So right when I moved here, I was through my bankruptcy within like a year and a half, and I've been rebuilding ever since. It's been awesome. That's fascinating, so, man. Yeah. Well, with your story in particular, like I remember when I first saw it was the, that I am second video that you did, and I've watched that for the first time. And there was just a palpable power. I'd seen a lot of the other ones they had done, but yours just had this palpable power to it. And when I met you, I just said, your body obviously says you've lived a lot of life, but your eyes are just so full of life. Like I've never felt somebody like I could really embody the word redemption so, so well. So tell me a little bit like with your story, like, like when you got to that point where God really kind of grabbed a hold of your soul, it was a pretty like, out-of-body supernatural experience wasn't it i was just gonna go there because when you said you saw that life in there like i was a walking dead man i was i was a walking shell with emptiness there's nothing filled in me except emptiness you know towards the end yeah it wasn't all like gloom and doom like getting up to there but the last couple years i was in the band 2003 2004 i mean i was teetering on the suicidal ideation it's like what's the point Hmm. you know and so to have the, the massive, dramatic, like Paul talks about in the New Testament about, he's, he's trying to be humble, but he's talking about himself. He says, I know a guy, I, I know a man, yep. you know, who was caught, caught up, up second, I mean, yeah. you know, and I wasn't, I didn't have that crazy of an encounter, but like I met the real Jesus, like in my house, I was, I didn't see him in a, in a vision or, or like in a form, but it was just as real, almost as real. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for him, like walking around in my house because I was instantly like filled with this supernatural life. And that's what you saw out of my eyes. I was like filled with the spirit and just um, filled with uh, just a tangible, um, uh, just forgiveness from him. And I had been like the worst of the worst that you can imagine. You know, to me, I was like doing... I tried to get as evil as as I could and not maybe in front of people, but like closed doors, like with the pornography and the just uh, debauchery and and alcohol, drugs, everything. So that's how I got in into faith. And that's how I met the real Christ. You know, I love in the scriptures, it says that that Jesus says that that he will manifest himself to us, Hmm. you know. And so I, I, I didn't play like going to church and trying to do all the the. The, the steps to get sober and stuff. I just, I, for some reason I met him, like really met him. So like when you have this radical kind of like caught up in this spiritual moment where you really connect with real Jesus, like, and for you, it was, it, it was an instantaneous like switch that got flipped where you were just death to life. Like it was, um, when you went back to the band and they, you first kind of walked back in and started trying to explain what had happened to you. Like, what was that initial reaction you know, uh, of you starting to interact with a lot of the people that you ran with at that time. It was awkward, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Bro, I didn't know how to process it all because I'm like, if it, I felt in my mind that that they could they would trust me. 
Yeah. And I could be like, dude, okay, the Bible says that it pours God into you if you come to him and surrender everything. And and it says that, you know, you can you can know Jesus. It's not just a thing where, oh, he raised from the dead 2,000 years ago, and if you believe in him, you won't go to hell. I go, you can actually meet him huh. and be filled with his spirit. And, and I thought they'd be like, no way. Dude, we trust Brian. Like, come on, we want this. But it just doesn't work like that, you know? My, you know, your own family, your your closest friends that you've known since childhood, they'll all look at you sideways. <laughs> yeah, God has to do it. God has to do a supernatural revelation work that they will come in and accept what you've been. So it was awkward, and I was just trying to be. I was very zealous because I found the meaning of life. Hmm. And people were like, "It's just a phase, bro. You're just you're coming off of drugs. Don't worry." It's like. It's not going to be like this in a year. I promise you. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Like, huh. I found the meaning of life. I found why I'm breathing. I found mm. out. I don't even care if I do music anymore. Mm. I just want to know. Jesus says I want to, like, eternal life is knowing the Father. I don't have to wait till I die to know. I want to know now. And so I just dove into it. And once I thought about it, I was like, you know, not everybody, but a lot of the guys, most of the guys were probably you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right, then. right, so right. There wasn't even a concept in my mind that I could stay in the band. Hmm. Plus, I had a, a five-year-old daughter at the time. Right. And I was trying to hide being a scumbag drug addict from her, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, dude, I'm leaving everything, and I'm going to be a dad. Hmm. So that's that. That's what I focus on. But it was very awkward. Was it pretty instantaneous that, hey, that, uh, that corn was like, something you need to close the door on or um for about two weeks i'd say i was asking i was just new you know i'm like i'm so grateful to be off of drugs you know but i didn't want to be that guy who was like thanks for cleaning me up i'm gonna go live my life now i just got into that point for two weeks just going what should i do i got tried to get advice from the new like the pastors and whatnot and um they were like a couple of them were like, well, God's got to show you. And then some of them were like, man, just go back, hmm. go back. And I remember I was at a friend's house and he was telling me the same thing. You, you should just stay in there and just shine your light. Yeah. And as he was telling me, it was like supernatural. He's telling me one thing and I'm like, go home and leave everything and follow me. Wow. Dude. And I was like, that's awesome. And he looks at me, he's like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? And I was like, I felt like God just told me. The opposite of what you're yeah. saying. Cool. <laughs> uh, or maybe maybe I just said, I got to go. I got to go home. Uh -huh. And I went home and didn't even like think or call anybody. I just huh. went home, got on my computer and went, guys, I love you so much. I'm quitting. God came into my life. He showed me he's real. I'm going to follow him. That was it. It was that, that simple. So I was double-minded for weeks until this guy was talking to me. And I just went, Phew. I woke up and I was like, this is my path. Man. We we're talking about. Did we mention the odd duck thing? I love yeah. the odd duck thing. Like I'm, you I'm, are an odd duck, I'm and I love you duck. for it. Thank you. But uh, you just brought you just brought this container of I I wasn't sure because you kept saying it was it was vomit, and I wasn't really sure if it actually was vomit. Dog vomit <laughs> until until you start telling me the ingredients, and I'm like, it was this health food like frozen stuff, and I'm still 
Still not sure what's in my Did you think I was yet. playing a practical joke? I, on didn't, you, like, I didn't know. Vomit? I didn't know. I didn't know if it was some sort of like <laughs> like gift that is like a like a high gift in Rockstar World or what it was. But oh! <laughs> I brought you dog vomit. Yes, but no. dude, you don't know. This is from like 1961 <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Elvis, Pre- Elvis Presley's dog from yep. Memphis, and it's real vomit. Yeah, no. exactly. I thought so it, it was, thought was a, a health food shake. Yes, it was a health that food that looked shake. like dog vomit. So yes, we we started the conversation. Can I look at the camera? Yes, you can. Well, I, we started the conversation that I'm an odd duck like that. So. I was in corn when I decided I was going to leave. Uh-huh. I told them I'm leaving. And then I was like, how am I going to tell the fans, you know? And I got yep. this idea and this uh, this uh, invite to go to the Bakersfield, California, where I lived at the time, yep. radio station. So I told everybody, did a small interview, and I was like, hey, I'm going to tell everybody this this Saturday why I'm leaving corn. I'm going to tell you why. Um, so I'm going I'm to be at this church. Right. Come see me. At this church, and I'll tell you everything going on. Next thing you know, MTV, Yahoo, CNN, Fox, mm-hmm. like every, every, everyone you could think of, because it was such a Christian. The Christian market was different back then. Yep. It wasn't like crossover like yep. it is now. Yep. And uh, so they were like, "Is this a joke? Is this a?" And all they set up behind the church, and I just told my testimony, and and then so I started like. That passed, and I and there's, there was a lot of protection that the church wanted to do for me. Hmm. They were like, you know, we got to watch for Brian because he's a new baby Christian, and there's hmm. all this media trying to do interviews with them. He's going to make a fool of, of himself, yeah. and so they're trying to protect me. But in the meantime, God was trying to move fast with me, hmm. and so I ended up at this Pentecostal church, and they're running around, you know, shouting and stuff, and. I needed the supernatural. Yeah. Now I'm not telling like I'm I'm not a Pentecostal, you know, but I needed deep spiritual work yep. in me to get healed. Yep. And I was I have told people with prophetic like gifts, they were like, God has you on a fast track. Like they didn't mm-hmm. even know each other and I kept getting God's gonna do fast work with you. Wow. So and um and so I I went there and I got uh filled with the spirit. As they say, and I went back and told the first church what happened, and they were like, "Don't go to that church; they're bad, and that's evil what they're doing." And uh-huh. So it was really weird. Where I'm a rock star, and not even just a rock star, but I'm in my hometown as a wow. rock star. So it's not like if I'm in L.A., who cares? Yeah, I'm like low on the totem pole. Bakersfield. In Bakersfield, I'm like we're like music royalty. In back then, you know, right nowadays it's like you know whatever, but. It's just like it was a huge deal. Yep. So it was crazy trying to navigate that. This church trying to protect me. Uh, this church, you know, helped me grow. But, you know, and then one day, this is awesome. God is just, uh, he's so hes so awesome. If you just have eyes to see and want that real close relationship, anybody could have it. Because I don't, you know, just because I had supernatural experience, it doesn't mean you know, I'm special. If someone's watching, they didn't. Yep. But that's how he birthed me into it. And I believe he does stuff like that. And then people tell their stories so that we get hungry. And we're like, if you want it, you can have it. If you go after it, you know, right. Jesus said, uh, let it be done to you according to your faith. Hmm. You know, he told the disciples that. So hunger, I believe, gets results. But 
back to the story i was i was in my house i was in church you know church drama mm-hmm. and i saw there's this bird one day got stuck in my garage mm-hmm. and it's like getting dark and it's flying and i get a broom and i'm like get out birdie you're free get out huh. get out of my garage for an hour it's going yeah. back and forth and the garage door is wide open yeah and it won't <laughs> get out and i instantly knew huh that's like you in this town going from church to church man i want you to leave the and I, and I, the next week I had my house in the market. Like I was like, I heard that, um, obedience is very like powerful to, to God. And I was so zealous, you know, right. They said delayed obedience is disobedience or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. heard somebody say, so when I, when I had that understanding, just like I had the understanding to leave corn, it was like move out of this town immediately. I was like, house is on the market next month. And I was gone. I got I went, that. That's when I went to Phoenix and tried to build this new calling i thought i had in music and mm. we did have a a film studio too we were doing um i didn't know that but we didn't do much so you wouldn't have heard about it but <laughs> i'll i'll tell you more after this but but yeah so well the, i mean i think i think you know the the two th- the two things that i love about you well three number one you're very authentic uh secondly odd duck we're going to put that in the, the list now i like that you're an odd duck yes and then uh the third thing is you are a storyteller and I love, I love listening to your stories, you know, and you pick up on the subtleties of God's storytelling in your life. Like that situation with the bird in the, in the garage, like, right. like, um, for you, like, I, I know, I know you've got your tattoos everywhere. They kind of tell a story. Did they tell one story before you met Christ? And then a, a lot of them that are the newer ones, have deep spiritual meaning now like like what what has been the story of your that your the evolution of your tattoos the cool thing is i barely had any before what? i met christ really i got 90 percent of them after huh in fact I, I went straight to the tattoo shop about a month after and i got jesus put on my hand huh. then i got um love i think and i got these you know, I started reading like the Acts, the book of Acts and the commentary uh-huh. was like like a spark of a flame. The Holy Spirit started spreading, yep. you know, to the disciples. And then I was like, oh, that would be cool to have a match. Dude, that's awesome. Spark into a flame on my hands. That's why I did that. And um, yeah, so majority of this stuff is after I had issues, uh, which I got when I got divorced. Yep. I had... This one where it's a, see all the muscle tissue? Yep. And this guy's taken off his skin? Yep. So to me, it was like, I went through, I got a new tattoo, look. So it's like. Oh, it's brand new. It's all smudged. It's so an I have to anchor? Peel it off. It's an anchor, yeah. But, um, and that's all I had. So all of, everything else was after I became a Christian. Dude, I love that. Because people were like, oh man, this, I, I got comments like, I'd rather he would have died on drugs than became a Christian. I hate Christians, all this crazy stuff. The the former fans and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it was brutal. And then and then everyone thought I was going to be this, like, you know, copycat Christian. Right, right, right. Like, and I'm just like, man, I'm just going to be myself. I want to be myself. And I started getting ink. Well, with your sobriety, you talked about, like, kind of hard-fought sobriety. And I love that with your recovery journey, and we've talked a lot about recovery. I'm all for recovery. You know, you talked a little bit about you got, you know, God delivered you from drugs, but then alcohol became kind of an issue to battle. Like, what, 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 what was it that really kind of? Where did you find your serenity when it came to your sobriety, and what, where did the victories kind of come? 
So when I when I had that encounter in my house, mm-hmm. I got flooded with just you know what everything that Christ is to me like it, it was love. It was a deep peace, like the shalom, like the Hebrews talk about, just a weighty, just humility, and it was just like um, kindness. It was like overwhelming kindness I felt out of his emanating whatever from the Holy Spirit Yep, and everything. So I was instantly addicted to that. Like I wanted to feel that because I was in such turmoil. Hmm. So from that encounter, I quit everything. I, I quit drinking. I quit it was the stupidest move ever, but I quit uh, my my uh, depression meds because I was like, "Wow, God, God can heal me. I don't need it." Cold turkey, like I was taking thirty mil, forty milligrams. So I was <laughs> like, "I don't need them no more." <laughs> and it it was cool for like a few months, but then I, I went down hard. But yeah, but I was uh, so I just I was on the spiritual high, and I quit drinking, I quit drugs, everything. Huh. Now when I talk to you about the alcohol, it was ten years later. Wow. I didn't realize that. Because, I, yeah, I started uh, hanging out with some new friends, and they were drinking wine with communion, whatever. It was like believers and stuff, too. And I was like, I could drink. I could have some wine, you know? Mm. I'm with good company. I'm not going to get out of control. So I took one glass, and then my tour started, and then my dr- my drummer drinks. And I was like, I don't think there's nothing wrong with, like, a couple glasses a night. Right? Yeah. And then I got home, like, two weeks later from tour, and I'm like, Okay, no more than one bottle hmm. a night. <laughs> so it just kept climbing. And then next thing you know, I'm downtown drinking whiskey shots and throwing up in the morning. And and I'm just praying through it. I'm like, I, I'd get drunk. And I was always that solo drinker. Yeah, I'd like go into a bar downtown or whatever, get, be getting drunk. And then someone come up to me and be like, dude, are you, are you ahead from corn? And I'd be like, yeah, what's up, man? I'd just talk to him for a second. And as soon as they turn around, I'm like, I'm out yeah. <laughs> to the next bar. I just want to be left alone and yep. be an alcoholic. Hmm. But I would get drunk and be like, Lord, I shouldn't. I, I don't know why I'm drinking. I'm, why can't I be a responsible drinker? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to quit next week, I promise. And then I couldn't quit. And then uh, I just wow. remember one day I was on the uh, I was on a, a rooftop bar in this country. This You know, everybody's place country. He's up there with acoustic guitar, this guy, probably a like 25-year-old dude, and he starts singing. You know, sometimes they'll throw in like Christian songs yeah. and pop songs and rock songs and Southern or uh, classic rock songs and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a big variety, right? Yep. He has this like song. I forgot what song it was, but every word, it was like the Lord took the word and used it and it was like, this is me speaking to you right wow. now. Dude. And I, I was like had a beer in one hand and my glasses and I'm just like tears start pouring down. I'm like <laughs> trying not to cry. That's awesome. And it was just like the, the, the most loving that peace shalom feeling I felt before. Hmm. And I was, he was like, you're done, you're done, you're done, you're done. Just go home. You're done. And I went home and I was done, man, never drank again. And that was, that was years ago. I don't even but I think I got a little cocky mm-hmm. where I was like, with alcohol, I didn't think I could fall into drugs or alcohol again. Yeah. So now I'm on like, I don't have really urges, but I'm like, it can happen next week. So I just got to remember that. One day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, as you, as you, um, and I appreciate you sharing that because I, 
I, I, I love people that are on a recovery journey. Um, you know, one of the, when it comes to actors, uh, I particularly love working with what I call benevolent skeptics and people that mm. are kind of on a journey and maybe they haven't really discovered that shalom inner peace connection with Jesus yet, yeah. but they're on a journey. And uh, I love finding people that are speaking the same language and usually the ones that come up and talk about their uh, addiction issues or being an AA or that type of thing. Anytime they talk about that, like, and I read it in the trades and read that so-and-so is talking about just getting out of rehab, I instantly try to figure out how do I book a meeting with them. And uh, there's been actors and actresses where I sit down with them and I just be like, I'm not here to pitch you anything. I'm just here to, because I heard your story. And as a Christian that tells redemption stories, I want you to know that your story has value. And we want to be a safe place for you. It's amazing. It's just a place of connection. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed like with you, because of you've been vocal about your uh, journey out of drugs and alcohol, like people that have just come up to you. We were, at, we were at lunch the other day and I'm sitting with you and the the waiter or somebody that worked at the restaurant comes by. And How cool was that, right? It was such a cool moment. He came by, he showed you his one-year chip for being one year sober from drugs. Yeah. And it seemed like, and he was just so excited because that's what you represented to him. Like, do you get a lot of that? Yeah, and I love to listen to him too because I tell my story so much that I still feel it when I tell it again. So I'm not going to say I'm sick of telling my story, but I really like to listen to other people's stories. So, and I love like YouTube and everything because I still get people like, I just saw this interview. I just saw you. And it changed my life. And it, it's something I recorded in 08, Man. you know? Like, I'm second recording in 08. That's great. People are telling me, like, I just it changed my life yesterday. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm sitting at home maybe having a bad day, and this video is up there, and God just uses me, you know? But and then was, I'm one of, like, millions. Yeah, and, and I was going to accuse you of planting these 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 people that just kept showing up when we were hanging out. But then I came over to your, your house. <laughs> I come over to your house just to, to hang out for a few minutes. And some dude drives up from Georgia with his family, gets out, and is, like, telling you his story about how he was, you know, he told me his story. I guess you had met him before, but he told me his story how he was, like, one of the guys that hated you for, you know. Oh, yeah. He's like, I went online, and I heard of that head had given his life to Jesus or had become, like, a Christian or holy roller. And he's like, I went on to kind of blow him up and just, you know, you know kind of just— you know cuss him out online shout out to doug naden yeah that was incredible Bro, that's my yeah that's it. my friend though that's my friend so so crazy he yeah he was mocking me he's like this mf or this what a freaking clown you know yeah and he's he's he was like addicted to acid and all this stuff he's functioning drug addict and yep. he's like what's this stupid? And he starts watching it and he's like what an idiot you know and then he sees my eyes like you said yep and he and he sees like how i'm like all in and he knew it and he's like why how could how could this idiot be doing this and he and he keeps watching and then he gets a, a, the thoughts in his mind like how can that book change you like that hmm. and then he's like what's in that book hmm. like i gotta find out what's in that book why would it make someone change like that and then that's what started it hmm. and you know him and his his wife were they're, they're open they were in some dark stuff you know wow and so now they're like great friends. He came and I was doing 2007, I was doing a book tour. Um, and and it was at the record store, some record store. And and he walks up and he's like, you saw, he's yeah. tall. He's, he's a big biker looking. He's, he's intimidating. I, I, you're intimidating, <laughs> Doug. And, and he's shaking. Yeah. 
And my manager at the time, like, he gets closer to me because he doesn't know, like, what's yep. if it's a crazed fan, you know? Right. Because Dimebag Daryl happened, you know, with Pantera. Mm-hmm. Crazy fan shot him in the nightclub in 2004. And Man. this was three years later. You never know. Never know. And so my manager gets closer and he's like, hey, man. And I noticed he had tears in his eyes. And he's like, I just want to tell you, you changed my life. And told me the whole story. I hated you. I mocked you. I, I thought I thought you were trash. And and it was just like how open he was, you know. Mm. It was just it was beautiful to see. Like, um, because because what is what does the New Testament start with? It starts with the last person that you or you or I would choose to write three quarters of the New Testament. Mm. Paul, yeah, he was Saul, and he was he confessed in the Bible. I was persecuting Christians to their death, mm. and God chose him, the last guy that any human would choose. Mm. But God chose him, and just to see, like, fast forward to Doug. You know, someone that was just a hater, you know, persecuting. Hmm. Boom, his lights get turned on. And as he's, God's still doing the same things all these years later. Dude, You'll never that. see that in any other faith. Dude. You'll never see Got chills. someone so against it, yep. hate it, and then wakes up and he's yep. like, oh my gosh, it's real. Death That's the miracle. You'll ne- yeah, death to life. You'll never see the miracles like that, like you do with Christ. With your music, for me, uh, my main job for a long time was I became a, a rock music video director. It was my thing. And so yep. directed videos for Skillet and Red and a bunch of other people. I probably couldn't afford you back then. <laughs> so I was getting the, like the, the $5,000 guys. Yeah, well, well I, I would have been honored to do one of yours. But we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I just got good at blowing things up. In fact, like if we couldn't figure out how to end a music video, we'd just blow something up. So like the last, right. the last, the last uh, video that we did for Skillet was for the song Hero, and the treatment read, it said, the, the band comes out, things blow up, it starts to rain, more things blow up, it stops raining, everything blows up. The yes! End. <laughs> and Cooper was like, yes, that one! And then, That's like instant award. It was great, it was great. <laughs> but uh, I remember going one year for uh, one of the Christian award shows, and I think it was the Dove Awards. It was at the Grand Ole Opry, sitting on like the third row. And the band Red came out, and they played uh, oh, yeah. Death of Me. And you came out and jammed with them. And it was like— Were you in the front? I was, like, I was, fr- I was like, yeah, third row. Like, I was Who were right you with? I brought my dad. Yes, I remember you told me. <laughs> so my dad, and was he just going? I looked over. I think he went into like a like a like a uh, some sort of like seizure. <laughs> and like I look over at him, and he's at the end. His hair is blown back. He looks like Doc from Back to the Future. I just leaned over. And I was like, you know, Dad, I actually directed the music video for that song. <laughs> was he like? Uh-oh. But but that was my first. Like I got to see you like uh, in that environment. So for you coming out of you know corn. And then trying to find, like, where do I fit now? Where's my lane? What was that transition trying uh, to find musically? Like, I want to do what I know how to do, which is rock. But, like, how, how, do I, how do I find my voice? Where do I fit? Did you, did you struggle with some of that? After I left the band? After you left Corn oh, and yeah. you're trying to figure out, like, where do I fit? Big time. I have these um, dreams and, like I said, visions that I think were vain imaginations I thought I was going to be this big shot like evangelist you know and I think I meant well but it was a mixture 
yeah. of, you know, just thinking too highly of myself or whatever. But, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know where to fit in. And then I started doing some Christian stuff and I felt like I wanted to be a voice because I, my story, you know, and I wanted to, so I tried to sing and I just didn't, didn't love it, but I thought I was supposed to, mm-hmm. and I was trying to learn how to get better and I just never got that good. You know, you know, some people are just born singers mm-hmm. and, and you just know it. Yeah. And then there's, you know, guitar players that try to sing and you know it. <laughs> yeah. It's just not their main gift. Yeah. You know? So that was it. But I tried to, I got into the Christian market a little bit and then like Christian rock market was really small. But even that they were like, I had, I had calls with uh, radio, radio stations and they would, one guy just like belittled me. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, why do you sing about such dark stuff? Where's your gospel message? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and I wanted to like go off on him, but I'm trying to be Christ-like, you know? Right. And he's just belittling me. And I'm like, well, I've suffered a lot of depression in my life, addiction. And I'm singing about that, being stuck in that, like begging for help to get out. Like, have you read the Psalms, dude? Yeah. (laughs) You know? And he just like, you know, so it was just like going up again, you know, in that market. I really didn't fit in. And that's where I think like, is we've uh, like... In in faith in in faith film, you know everybody kind of has talked about the early years, the cheese and the other cheesy films, and uh, and I was part of the problem too. Uh, no stones to throw there, but I think what makes a cheesy film is not the faith and is not the Christian message. It's not redemption. It's not any of those things. What makes it cheesy is Christians are very uncomfortable with the struggle. They don't want there to be conflict. They don't want tension. They don't want struggle. And if you look at the Bible, it's filled with struggle because you can't have redemption without struggle. Were, were there points of connection within that community that that pulled you in? Uh, what what were those years like for you? There was a lot of encouraging friends who I still have today, like Red. Hmm. Red let me open for them. I had like very little to offer their tour hmm. tours, you know, and yeah. they were thriving. Man, they were going on uh, Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Um, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, it was around the death of me time. Yep. You know, maybe the feed the machine that area. Yeah, and then until we our faces. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Did you do any videos on that record? I, I they all blur, blur together at this point. I, okay. Yeah, I'm sure, sure the answer is yes. But, but they yeah. they hit number one on Billboard and yep. they're on all the all these talk shows and everything. And I was touring with them through all that, so I got to see like all their success and and uh, it was amazing. And so I got I had some real amazing supporters hmm. and. Um, but then I had those that just didn't feel I was I was real, you know. And I'm trying to reach my old fans at the same time as be a follower of Christ. So it was, dude. It was like it was hard. What I kept, didn't know where I fit in. What kept you from getting jaded or thrown in the towel? What kept you, you know, on the journey? When I, I think to somebody that's super excited about their faith. And wanting to be different and then be misunderstood. Psalm 91, I'd say, just a dwelling in the secret place. Um, um, you know, resting in the shadow of the Almighty, just going into intimacy, putting on the worship music. I would go and get alone with God, you know, and I would meditate, I would pray, I would read the scriptures, and I loved books. I, was, I would read a lot of d- deeper spiritual books. I'd what, read, what, what books were the ones that, like, made the biggest impact on you? 
back in that season. It's crazy because I'm this like, you know, darker music type of guy, you know, playing that music. But in the meantime, I'm like reading these amazing books of these these people that ran in like the the six seventeen hundreds and hmm. stuff, and they were like getting so persecuted, thrown in jail, and like they'd have lice and have to sleep in their own urine and stuff, and they would be talking about the the beauty of the Lord and the spiritual experiences they were having in the midst of it. Hmm. And so my trials weren't near as bad as them, hmm. but I, I used, they, they brought me comfort hmm. that, that God, and he would like, he would like uh, just pour his, pour his spirit into me. And I would feel like that, that, that peace again, the hmm. shalom, the love, the deep, like humility and beauty of the Lord, just like in my emotions and mind and stuff. So, right when i'm about ready to throw in a towel or i felt like mm -hmm. you know he would meet me in just the sweetness you know and and it would strengthen me to keep going you know then all of a sudden the day comes where where god starts impressing on you that you need to go back to corn how did that situation come up and did it scare you a little bit when you felt like that was where you were being led to go back to yeah because there was a so one or two times where I'd reconnected with a couple of the guys and, and, um, you know, we talked about that and I was just, I actually, you know, thought about it and prayed about it and it just wasn't, it wasn't something that I felt like was supposed to happen, you know? Hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, no, never. But what I think what the message was to me was it's supposed to be not yet, mm. you know, because when it happened, um, I wasn't looking for it. My daughter, when she was five or six, you know, that with all the drugs and then me going to church and everything. But she was the main focus of like getting me to leave. Like mm -hmm. she didn't. It was obvious just me looking at her saying she needs a parent because her mom was out of the picture. And so I left, you know, because of her. But. Fast forward, 2012, she's a teenager now. Hmm. She's starting to get into System of a Down and not really corn because that's her dad's band, you know, but a little bit. Yeah. She started liking a couple songs. And, yep. And I'm like trying to navigate that going, you know, because uh, some of the music can be darker emotionally and I don't want right. her to go down this. Sure. And, and she started battling with actually some dark emotions and, you know, all the girls, the drama, and yeah, and then self-harm. Yeah. Started going through that stuff, and I'm like, you shouldn't be listening to that music. It's not going to. And But at the same time, I'm trying not to control her. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, just being a parent. Right. And so uh, she she asked me, I want to go to a, see, I, I want to go see Corn, <laughs> And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> That's my past. It just hurts too much, you know. I don't know. Just be awkward. Mm -hmm. And she talks me into it, and I end up, I'm on tour with P.O.D. by that time. I'm like, Love I called it. Sonny up, and I was like. Sonny's great. Yeah, right? I was like, can we please tour with you, even for like five shows? I think it was a short tour. But they, because P.O.D. had clout, they got on this festival. Mm -hmm. And my band couldn't because we're so small. Right. And and I we had a we had a van, and they had a tour bus. Mm -hmm. And I was like. My my daughter's all over me. Can I can I ride with you in your bus to go to your show? Corn's playing, and I I actually was talking to the bass player at that time, and we just said screw it, and we went to the show. 
We watched some bands. I wasn't even going to connect with anybody in corn besides the guy I was talking to. But it ends up, I reconcile with all of them. Man, what was that moment like? Tell me about it. It was a trip. Because when I left the band, it was more like, you know, me and the guitar player. We, We started guitar together. I started a little bit before him. I actually encouraged him to play electric because he was playing acoustic. So mm-hmm. we got history where he was looking at me play the, you know, this old 80s metal stuff going, whoa. Was this the band LAPD or Creed? No, it was way before that. Before it was that. like, I'm talking like barely got through puberty. Okay. When I left the band, you know, I've known him since then, like mm-hmm. 13, 14 years old. When I left the band, it was like we were guitar twins, you know, we did everything together, we played off each other. So it was like, it was like two uh, twins, twins yeah. you know ripping apart yeah and there was some stuff said in the press he i said some stuff i did it first hmm. so i'll take the blame and then he said some stuff so it was just bitterness so they got us together that day at the at the festival and you know there was never going to be any like physical nothing happened to us but a couple of the guys were like what if we put if we put them both in a bus and no one's in there? What's going to happen? You know, <laughs> cage fight. <laughs> yeah, but we're not we're not that type of personality. Yeah. So it was just like hug it out. Yep. He looks at my daughter. You know, he hadn't seen her since she was a baby, hmm. and he's looking at us. And he just he told me he was like, he goes seeing. It's funny. He says seeing your eyes, hmm. looking into your eyes, just everything makes sense. Hmm. After all the bitterness, all the drama. The you know the talking smack back and forth whatever he's like he's like I know I see why you had to leave now and mm. it just he had it like a understanding a revelation wow they ended up asking me to do the um the autograph signing with the fans mm. I went and did it there was funny because a couple of them didn't know who I was <laughs> they were like just new fans you know yeah or like radio winners yeah, that right, didn't right. really know band members but uh <laughs> and then. I just wanted to go there incognito and just kind of, you know, let my daughter see some bands and then bounce. But next thing you know, they asked me to play on stage and I ended up playing on stage and singer uh, Jonathan broke down after I played with them and cried and was like, told the audience, I need a second. Wow. And he hugged and he, after the show, he just hugged me and said, if we never do anything together, thanks for giving me that last memory. Cause oh. it was just, it wasn't the original drummer, but all of us who stood in the front and banged our dreadlocks, you know, yep. that was us. And he was like, thank you for giving me that last memory, Man. you know? And then they asked me to come back a little bit, uh, two, three weeks later. <laughs> That's when I was like, got confused because my story was left to fame, left to money, <laughs> followed Christ to, you know, a more humble place where I didn't care about that stuff. Yeah. So... I had to break this religious mindset thinking like, you know, that was my, that was my whole story. I wrote a book about it, right? right? Right, right. I'm like, Lord, I can't do that. You know, that's like not my, that's not my story. And then it's part of your story. Exactly. But I didn't know that because of the religious mind. Yeah. Box, it's not so. the end of your story, but it's, it's part of it. Cause yeah. Cause I knew if I went back, they're going to say, everyone was going to say, you know, he's, he wasn't real the whole mm. time. And he just, you know, tried to, 
wanted Jesus to help him get clean. Now he's going back to the fame and money. Dog returns to his vomit, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I started feeling like, like it was meant to be, like God was leading me to it. Hmm. And then I'm like, Lord, you're going to ruin my testimony. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> That's funny. That's no. So honest. I love it. <laughs> so I ended up just, I just felt it. I had people I trusted, I talked to, and I just felt it in my heart, you know. So I went for it, man. And yeah, that was it. So, like, when you talked to the guys, did you did it come up like the whole, you know, I'm coming back, but I'm I'm not the same guy. Like this, this is like like the the Christian side of things is something you're bringing with you. Were they cool with that? Well, they yeah they they were totally cool with it. They were just like everyone's getting older, yeah, and wiser. And the things like that don't matter as much when you're not like, when your ego's not, you know, 25, 30, 35 years old, you know, because a 35 year old rock star is like a 20 year old emotional, you know. <laughs> but they start growing up and you're 40, you know, and it's just, you look at life different. Everybody was just like, dude, we're older now. Who cares if, if you're in, if that helps you, then awesome. You know, if, if someone like has, some wine after the show, big deal. If I want to go pray for people, big deal. You know, I'm not like shoving it down people's faces and, and at corn shows. I'm obviously corn is corn and it's just a band, you know, that's playing music. So it was a balance and people, they knew what I was all about. So they wouldn't ask me to come back if it, they weren't okay with it, you know? Right. How did you, where did you find your purpose once you kind of came back? Like, like where, where did you feel like God was, you know, like, what were you passionate about doing, being back there, like reason, purpose, that type of thing? Just to show people the unreligious, like Christ, the God that loves them, because what we knew of Christians were just the ones on TV wanting money and the ones outside of our concerts saying corn is Picking, of the devil. Yeah. Um, you're going to go to hell, you know, and all that. And so I just, that's, that's definitely antichrist. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's crazy because they're holding up a Bible and they're preaching, but they're the antichrist to me. That's a form of an antichrist. They're not showing love of God, mercy of God, yeah. um, the love of Jesus. And just like, I just wanted to show people that, you know, he's, everybody's welcome to the table. Mm -hmm. Hmm. everybody is in and that you know he's not just a out to get you yeah <laughs> he's out to love you he wants to make you the best version of yourself you've ever been and look at look at me look at my life i just want to go there go back to corn and show my fans my life hmm. gosh my everything is better every single thing is better and it's a it's a it's a story to them it's a it's a testimony to them it's a it's a message to them that you could have this too. Yeah, that that uh, Christian rocker we were talking about earlier, Mylon Fever, that just passed away. Mylon um, going to his his memorial on Wednesday, but um, he used to call me before each movie, and he would he would end and he would just simplify it down to something so profound but simple. But he's like, Andy, don't overcomplicate it. Your only job is to remind these people that they're desperately loved by God. That's it. Right. And, and so it just takes, it makes it so like, I'm not here to have to, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, very simple minded storyteller. Like, 
and the simple story is it's redemption. It's redemption. God loves you, and there's a better way. And um, and like there's just something so pure about that. It is good news to people. Yeah. When you take all the religiosity out of it, it's just about Jesus. For you, like, do you have what opportunities present itself as far as like interaction with fans, conversations, or even like I know you've even had some profound experiences with like you know band members and singers from other bands that are well known so like you you've had some impact there like what's it been like for you oh it's all over the place it's like i i couldn't even keep up with the stories it's amazing it's not every single day but like every single tour there's like oh my gosh this happened this happened this happened this happened but yeah a lot of i'd say it's it's main a lot of people ask about like the other bands and and people in my band and stuff and uh and that would be less i think it's just I think the scripture is so clear that like the least of these, you know, those who are least are the greatest, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus talks about. It's the opposite of what yeah. of what the earth is like. So God's heart from day one for me was about the fans and not the people on the stage, you know, more. Mm-hmm. He's for everybody, but I've seen the most impact with them. That's cool. And I remember when uh, Chester Bennington uh, died right after Chris mm-hmm. Cornell. Yep on chris's birthday and everyone's like this has never happened this is crazy it was the darkest feeling um i remember my friend my friends came out and um we i was just like broken you know and because we have so much history with those guys and sure and uh and we had this guy i was i gathered some fans and i was just talking to him about my story and everything and this guy grabs my friend and he pulls him aside. He's just walking by. He mm-hmm. wasn't even picked or, or part of everybody. And he hears me talking and he pulls my friend aside and says, hey, is what, is what that corn guy is saying is that, do you guys really believe in that stuff? And he's like, he goes, yeah, man, totally. He starts talking to him. And the guy's like, well, this was my last concert I was going to come to. I was going to kill myself man. after this concert. Wow. And he pulls out a suicide note and he gives it to him. My friend just reads it. And he goes, I think this is a sign. Man. And gives his life to the Lord. Not only that. And you got to understand, this is right in the middle of these suicides. You know? Man. The next night, because we, we played, that was Jersey. And the next night was like, whatever. It was two hours away. So close, the shows. The next night, I have this uh, mental health platform come. Hmm. And they, they're like, well, I want to do an interview with you about you know how you came out of addiction to mental health issues and stuff and so i do the interview the camera guy messages us on facebook and says i have a plan to take my life Mm. and i need to talk man and like two people in that week that chester passed away man and it was like right powerful and um a lot of other stuff too there's this one drunk guy i love this story he was a just wasted and i gather some fans you know i was telling them my story and he goes you mean this stuff is real he goes my mom's been telling me about jesus since i was a kid never want anything to do with it and i go bro we're at a corn slip not concert prepare for prepare for hell tour it was called do you think that i would be speaking to you guys about christ if it wasn't real <laughs> i go do you think it's popular you're you're yelling at me to Stop, you know, when I start, I go, this is the most realest thing that I've ever experienced. That's why I, I left the band for a while, you know, because why wouldn't any person in their right mind leave 
being a rock star, you know? It was huh. because it was real. You know, I went, I got to go to Israel this year. And, oh, really? And while I was there, I uh, I went in uh, the place where where uh, Peter tells Jesus that you're the Christ, and Jesus says, you know, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not pre- prevail against it. Yeah. Like, the thing that, that happened, it happened in front of the, 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 the temple for God, the god Pan, uh, which was one of their gods of the underworld, but it was like this big cave that they said was a portal of the underworld. So, like, Jesus was literally standing at, like, the gates of hell when he said that. It was like a mic drop moment. That's crazy, and right? So, I've heard that before. So, like, the idea of, like, gates are not like an offensive weapon. Nobody chases you down and attacks you with a gate. Like, gates right. are meant to be stormed. Come and on. So the, I love that. So the idea that you have to be on the offensive, you have to be in enemy territory to kind of make an impact. Like, like that's what I hear when I hear a story like that. It's so cool. It's like the craziest, darkest. It's just like we talked about, like Paul helping to kill Christians, and then the lights come on. And, you know, there's there's dark lives out there and dark situations that are very redeemable. God is not afraid of the crazy, dark sins that people do, and he's not afraid of any any mess in anybody's yeah. life. Yeah. He's just, like, not shocked. Yeah. Ever. Yep. You know, he's just right there waiting to help. Hmm. He just wants to help. Dude. You know? I love it. Well, that's what I love about your story is I, I again, I, I like people that that have that authenticity to their journey, to the stories that they tell, that it's it's there not because they think it'll sell. It's there because it changed their life and they believe it's true. Oh, and, my gosh. And you, you're, you're one of those. Like, I, I just... I just sit and just like, you know, time passes so fast when I'm listening to your stories. I love that about you. Thank you, man. And look, if you're not real to this generation, yeah, they're going to, they'll, they'll smell a phony so quick. They will. And so you got to be real. Yep. And that's, that's all, that's all. I'm just real. Like, and I don't care, honestly, like my favorite place is like not being in the spotlight now. It's like being alone and just intimacy with God and, and he'll keep using me, you know, but there was crazy. Just one last thing when I was, when I was wanting to be the Christian artist mm-hmm. and it was like, I wanted it so bad hmm. praying like, why do I want this record deal to go through? I want to record a video. I want to get this album out. And, uh, it just wouldn't happen. And I came to this place where somebody was like, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're, you're too like, you're grabbing it too tight you know mm. like that song hold on loosely yeah you know if you cling too tight you're gonna lose control mm. and so once I, I learned it took months maybe a year to let go and i was like all right god i don't care and then i started going into just like reading the bible more and becoming intimate with with, with god and everything and just once i got to that place where i was like this is this is where i want to be i don't even care if i do anything anymore you know then he, then god's like you're ready mm. now you're ready when you don't want it as much, now he opens the doors, and I'm like, "But I love that season where it was just quiet, hmm. you know." So it's this beautiful thing when you just, I guess some people call it laying it down, huh. you know, at the altar or whatever. You lay your dreams, desires down, and just walk away, and God will give you back what is what He wants to give you back. And I can attest to the fact that that authenticity uh, is for real in you, absolutely. Thank you. I uh, fun thing to end on, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. I was watching. I was at the theater. I texted you after, but I'm watching Guardians of the Galaxy three. 
Oh, yeah. It gets to the end in that little extra scene at the end. Spoiler alert. Sorry for anybody that hadn't seen it. But they're they're going through and talking through the other bands that are on the playlist to consider from the 2000s for Peter Quill's playlist or whatever. Yeah. And then he lists off, they, they list off corn. And I'm like, I'm like, you just got a shout out from, uh, from guardians of the galaxy. Like it was pretty surreal. It was Nobody knew it. Like I got texts from you and a couple other friends, but nobody told us Hey, corn's management or yeah. a record label. Yep. We're going to give you a shout on this new blockbuster yep. Marvel movie. Uh-huh. Nothing. It was like, they just said it. It was great. It was like, yeah, one of them said, I like corn. And the other one's like, Britney Spears. No, it was the little girl, yeah, right? Uh-huh. I like corn and Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it was such a, you know, it was so cool to wake up to that, you know? And it, just these cool little moments. It was like Barack Obama was honoring a, a, a wounded veteran uh-huh, yeah. back in the day. We woke up to news that he's he's talking about corn honoring this this veteran it was a moment like that yeah it's like he was president of the united states talking about my band you that's know? cool it's cool right it's that's like, cool it's just cool moments in life that, for, that. for you uh top top three movies and uh that you like 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 there are your movies that you enjoy and is there one of them on the list that would surprise people uh i can only imagine <laughs> um, Nice. Jesus Revolution. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Well, um, I'll pay you pay money later. That's okay. great. I really like, uh, dude. I'm just gonna be honest. This movie, Prisoner. Oh, that's a good one, Jake. Man. How you say his name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. And Hugh Jackman. Yeah, that was. I just watched that for the first time this year. That was intense. You watched it for the first time? Yeah, I did. Somebody, no. somebody told me they were like, "You got to see it." And I watched it. Bro, and uh, emotional roller coaster. Oh man, right? I was a wreck as a dad. I went home and locked all the doors. I was like, everybody yeah. we're staying inside. But like, so, it was like, what, how far would you go? I know, just for your to kid. break the law for, your, for kid. your kid to get your kid back. Yeah, when the when the whew. yeah. Um, I like yeah, movies. That like, was intense, dude. Benjamin Button. Was yeah, like, that was just a groundbreaking movie. You yeah, know? like I love that. Um, uh, like. I love epics like like uh, Forrest Gump and stuff. You know, just Forrest where Gump. you just when you leave the theater, you're like, I I felt something so so uh, powerful. So Gary Sinise, that was in Forrest Gump, is one of my mentors. It had heart. It did. It made you feel Tons something. Of heart. And it was yeah, a little quirky, and it was had some comedy in there, but it was like it made you feel something special. You know. Wow. But uh, yeah, man. Well, one oddball to another. Uh, yes you are the oddball twins i always love talking to you and love our conversations and i love your heart bro thank so, you thanks for being on storytelling it's good to see you man i know we're both crazy busy so hope to see you soon again i love you bro yeah you too man the thing that comes to mind with brian's story that really stands out to me as a storyteller uh is the idea of laying it all down for him to get to that point in his career where uh, he was willing to lay down the fame and all those things that he chased for so many years to lay it down and walk away and be like, I'm good. I don't need that anymore. And then that have God give it back to him just on purpose and for a different reason. And for him to go back to the band and go back to the touring life, but to do it uh, you know, as an opportunity to spread the gospel and tell people about his redemption story with Jesus. Like that is amazing to see how God doesn't waste any of the pain, doesn't waste any of the journey. And when you lay it down, sometimes you get it back in an unexpected way that gives you your story. And so just want to thank uh, Brian for sharing that with us today, for letting us be a part of that. 
and just let us, uh, you know, have a good time. Love that guy. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode. The Storytellers is a Kingdom Story Company production. It is produced by Nick Carey with production assistance from Ben and Justin Bailey. Our executive producers are Kevin Downs and Brandon Gregory. Social media for the show is run by the team at Troops and Allies, and our music is Twisted Rooster by Tommy Prophet. Special thanks to Jaron Weatherly, Evan Johnston, and our entire team at Kingdom Story Company. We have so many exciting guests coming up this season. To ensure you don't miss any of them, subscribe to The Storytellers for free on YouTube at Kingdom Story Company or wherever you listen to podcasts. For exclusive first looks at our upcoming films, behind-the-scenes content, and invitations to advanced screenings, join the conversation as a Kingdom Insider at KingdomStoryCompany.com and follow us at Kingdom Story Company across all platforms. As always, thanks for joining Andrew Irwin and his friends on The Storytellers. Storytellers.